This episode of the PC Perspective Podcast is brought to you by Braintree. Even the best mobile app won't work without the right payments API. That's where the Braintree V.0 SDK comes in. One amazingly simple integration gives you every way to pay. Try out the sandbox and see for yourself at braintreepayments.com slash PCPer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 374 being recorded on uh, November 5th, 4th, 4th, 2015. Four. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malmontano. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're excited to be here. It's another late Wednesday night. Uh, it's amazingly mild weather for November 4th here in Kentucky, at least. It's supposed to be 74 degrees tomorrow. Yep. Uh, and, the, and the low is only getting down to 59. Enjoy while it lasts. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. luckily for us, uh, I have a, a Thursday night home game for the Bengals to tailgate for in that amazing weather. Josh, your uh, your football team is a little undefeated as well. So just slightly undefeated. Yeah, just uh, you know nobody thought uh, they'd uh, get past Green Bay. That's but true. Boy, but how about, Bengals, huh? how about the Bengals? How about the Bengals? Seven and zero. Nice. Nobody cares nice. about football. Let's listen to this. Do you think they'll actually make it past the first round of the playoffs this year? Um, sure. Why not? Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But I was can... also glad to see the Giants in New Orleans bring grown men to tears as they watch their pool numbers shatter because they didn't take either quarterback. What was that? Forty. What was that final score? Forty-nine. One hundred and one total. One hundred and one total. <laughs> Forty-nine to fifty-two. Yep. Yeah. What was that payout on DraftKings? <laughs> <laughs> right. I want to. I need. I, I need I the government <laughs> needs to investigate this. Uh, so welcome to the show, guys. We do record it on Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, at pcpar.com/live. So if you listen to this after the fact, you watch it on YouTube. Uh, if you if you want to, you can come join us uh, when we do that. It's a lot of fun. There's a chat room. Everybody's hanging around, talking. Uh, we take your input and feedback and. And witty commentary from that as well. If you need a gentle reminder, we have a subscription feed. We have mailing lists made specifically for that. If you go to pcper.com slash subscribe, you get this little page here uh, that just asks for your name and your email address. We sign you up for the PC Perspective mailing list, uh, PC Perspective live mailing list. And we send you a notification an hour or two hours before uh, the live streams occur. We do have two scheduled live streams occurring here before the end of the year that beyond our podcast mm-hmm. uh, amd is going to come out and talk to us cool. about some stuff a little mystery there uh and uh the bigfoot guys the networking guys they want to come out and talk to us and prove that the products and devices like this and like the review we had the story we had from sebastian a while back just a couple weeks ago bigfoot guys networking Oh, now they're owned by I think it's Rivet, which is owned by Qualcomm. Okay, okay. I believe yeah. is how the is how the the pedestal works. So we got some stuff, and obviously all those guys will bring things to give away Sweet. as well. I've tried to convince the networking guys, the Bigfoot networking guys, to bring a laptop to give away. I don't know if that would be successful, uh, but I'm trying for you guys. I'm definitely I'm definitely trying. Pity you couldn't get the killer guys at the same time, so you could have a cage match. That's what it is. It's Bigfoot network killer. Would it, would it be a squirrel cage match? Uh, no. Sorry, networking joke. I don't get it. Wi Fi joke. I don't get it. It works. Squirrel cage. It's block signals. Never Squirrel mind. cage? Yeah. I yes. Okay, no, I don't get it. Okay. Now, Rivet, Qualcomm, Killer, all that stuff. Uh, and then the AMD stuff. Uh, AMD will be before December, and I think the Killer guys are after. They're in December. Cool. Uh, so, anyway, let's talk about things that happened this week. First up, we're going to talk, we're going we're gonna to go back in time. Uh, 
to a couple of months ago when the Radeon R9 Nano came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, very tiny GPU, only six inches long. No jokes here, Josh, please. Nope. Uh, six inch long PCB, the same GPU in terms of architecture and shader count and all that stuff that exists in the AMD Fury X, the water cooled part, exists on this, the R9 Nano. When we reviewed it at the time, it was an incredibly impressive part in terms of how much performance you could mash into a small space. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't perform as well as a Fury X, obviously. The right. clock speeds varied. Uh, the clock speeds varied more per game than in any other AMD, AMD GPU mm-hmm. we found. Um, but still, it only required one 8-pin power connector. It had one fan in it. It was relatively quiet-ish. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of a coil wine issue with one of our two That's that we true. got in. Um, it was reasonably fast, even though it throttled down a little bit. Like, you know. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was interesting. Depending on, the, depending on the workload of the game, sometimes... The clock speeds would hover around 900, and sometimes they'd hover around yeah. 800 if it was just a, a different workload game. Um, now, but the the key to this was like, hey, it's very small, and what can you do with that that's unique, right? So you've got uh, custom case mods are one option. Mm-hmm. Some custom build you make, it's maybe not even a case mod, it's just like a cu- total custom design that you fabricate around the idea of having uh, a very tiny 6-inch PCB dual-slot graphics card mm-hmm. that is also higher performing than any other GPU in this form factor by 35% or so. The the primary competition of this is the GTX 970 mini-ITX cards that exist from uh, Asus and MSI. Um, and this just kind of blows those out of the water. So what we did was uh, me and Ken and Sebastian kind of set out on this journey of, okay, what cases... <laughs> fit a nano but don't fit a normal video card and by normal video card i mean like a 10 and a half inch kind of reference pcb that sebastian does assemble part of his ruler should we use to measure the cases with um a a wooden one i suppose you could go that way a six inch one i don't know (laughs) i'm sorry a little bit of a little bit of cold coming on uh so we had we had this list of, of cases that basically we filtered as okay what are cases that you can't fit in a GTX 980 mm-hmm. or 980 mm-hmm. or even an AMD Fury but you might be able to fit a Nano in and you've got a whole bunch of Lian Lees there that you can see right they just they like to make small they really tiny like cases. making the small cases they do. yeah uh, you got a Cooler Master a Cooltech uh, Ryzen Tech Rosewell there's some others in there I'm sorry is that a three hundred seventy seven dollar case uh, where's that at? The second one? Yeah, it might be. I think it's because they don't make it anymore, and therefore <laughs> oh. the PC05. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't purchase that one. Just saying. Uh, so we looked at some of those cases. Then I ordered some in. I bought them on Newegg or whatever. We got in uh, three of them. What did we get in? The the Ryzen Tech Metis. We got that one in. We got in the Lian Li PCQ33, the Lian Li PCQ30. And the Cooler Master Elite 110, which we had in from our initial R9 Nano review. And the idea was, okay, let's build some cool systems in these cases, prove that it works, show that you can have a, a really competent gaming, like incredibly powerful gaming system. In a small... In a, in a, in a small form factor yeah. that's maybe unique as well at the same time. Now, we had to have other components to do this as well. Uh, so we, we asked some of our partners and friends to hand us over some, some goods, if you will. We have, this is the Noctua CPU cooler. This is the uh, L9X65 low-profile CPU cooler. The 65 indicates 65-millimeter height with the fan. Which is required in some cases. Yes. It's required, and I think, in all of these cases. Well, I mean, it's going to vary, right? Like, right, right, so right. if you get, like, the tall towers, chances are they're not going to fit in this. Right. Um, and there are some 
mini ITX cases actually require stuff smaller than this, mm-hmm. which Noctua did send us a fan, but a cooler for that, but we didn't actually have to use it for anything in this story. And then MSI sent us the MSI Z170i Gaming Pro AC. We've mentioned this motherboard before. It's a Z170 motherboard, mini ITX, uh, 80211 AC wireless, Intel-powered gigabit networking, M.2 storage capability, USB 3.1, full overclocking support, full performance uh, for Skylake processors. And then we plugged in uh, Intel Core i7-6700K, 16 gigs of RAM and SSD, all the stuff that you would expect to find in kind of a high-performance gaming PC. But we installed them in cases like this, the Cooler Master Elite 110, the Lian Li PCQ33B, and the Lian Li PCQ30X. Now, I'm just going to mention a couple of things here on each. So the Elite 110, fairly standard. You actually fit a full-size power supply in it. Uh, very little space between the bottom of the power supply and the top of the CPU cooler, so something to keep in mind. Okay. You know, so be very specific about the CPU cooler that you get on that. Right. Uh, no issues there. Uh, on that case, pretty simple to build in, as simple as building in a mini ITX case it can be. <laughs> uh, the PCQ33B from Lian Lee. Uh, you need to be interested. Uh, the important part about this is you get one. There's an option to get one with a side window. Do not buy that one. Why not? Because this one has perforated holes on the side instead of a window. And you need those perforated holes to draw air in. Oh, is that right next to where the GPU goes? Yeah, because the GPU kind of goes right up against uh, the side opening right there. So it's important for airflow. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, But this one is also interesting in that it opens up like this. I remember that one. Yeah, so it opens up like the front has a hinge, so the front panel and the top just kind of swing open after you take the sides off. way, way easier to work in. I mean, like, installing the motherboard in that is super easy. Yeah. The only thing Ken noted was you needed to be careful when you are opening it or closing it that, like, you have your cables kind of bundled up in uh-huh. the right way so that you don't either pull, pull them out, out when or, you open it or, yeah. like, put a wire into a fan blade, oh, you know, when you put yeah. it back in. So, that you know, be, be careful of that. Uh, and then the Q30X is the most interesting looking one because mm-hmm. it has this curved front to it with a big, big window in the uh, Even though the Even the window is curved. Yeah. Yeah. Follows the curve, yeah. It's really nice looking. It's a, it's a nice looking device. It's almost uh, like a piece of art for a, yeah, you know, for a PC. And the window is big enough that you can see most everything in it. So Ken even went the extra mile on this one and put a uh, a strip of red LEDs we happen to have in the office. Uh, and it really the picture doesn't do it justice. It looked really really good. So you yeah. can see the edge of the of the R9 Nano here, and then then you've got your our Noctua CPU cooler there. The red lights really dull out the maroon brown colors of, uh, of the CPU cooler, which some people might appreciate. Um, so that one was fine as well. Building in that was fairly easy. Uh, not a whole lot of concern there. This one was more interesting, right? This is the Raijin Tech Metis. Uh, fairly low cost. Available in multiple colors. I really liked kind of the brushed blue aluminum finish. And Wasn't that one like really low cost? Wasn't it like uh, what was I think it? it was fifty. It's bucks. somebody's yeah. mailbox repurposed. It was like fifty yeah. bucks. But think about that. Fifty bucks for an all aluminum like yeah. it is all aluminum, right? I like, think so. You know, the outside that, is. That used to be like a premium thing. Like you used yeah. to, you know, Lee pay Lee still charges premium prices. Yeah, and they do. So I know. Um, what's interesting to note is on this one, we don't have a picture of it, but if you watch the video, you'll see the 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 hardware is kind of rotated ninety degrees mm-hmm. so that the GPU uh, is at the top of the case. Yep. So the just GPU under fan, the top of the case. Yeah, like yeah. abuts this case, abuts the top of this case. Yep. And the problem was. This is the only instance where we saw it in these cases, uh, in these chassis, where the GPU was overheating. 
It was overheating to the point where it was throttling down the clock speeds. I wouldn't really call it overheating, just like it was running hotter. No, it was overheating. Oh, I mean, it really? it, I mean, it, so it's not overheating because it maintained the temperature. Yeah, it would throttle further. It just throttled the GPU yeah. clock. And it throttled yeah. it to a point where it was drastically affecting the gaming experience because yeah. you would see the clock speed dip down to like in the three or four hundreds go back up to eight. Three, four hundreds back up to eight. Way too low. And so as a result, <laughs> your frame rates did the same thing. Yeah. They went back and forth. So it was not a good experience. Um, so the fourth of our four cases didn't didn't do that. So we, we sent the top panel home with Alan. Uh, who drilled these holes in it here. And so that's where the GPU fan is. And once we drilled those holes... Uh, everything went back to normal. Everything was fine. Like, it worked like the other three cases uh, in the in the experiment, I guess. And this is kind of a result, right? So this, these are, this is GPU clock speed, not frame rate. And the green line represents uh, what it was in its original form. And then after our hole drilling... Uh, speed holes. The speed hey, holes. Hey, Alan. Hey, what? That was some pretty precise drilling. Oh, you like that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was, you couldn't think of anything else. I was just getting all up to, in your grill. I was trying to think of that. I was penetrating that case with uh, multiple times in, with a indignation with a small with a drill, diameter with a drill bit. Yes. Um, so you can see here that clearly the mod fixed. You only had bit. to go one and a half inches deep on it. <laughs> There it is. <laughs> as, as they say in the chat room, it's plus five horsepower per hole. Yes. Right. Um, so, I mean, that, that was, I mean, there's really no conclusion or review or rating or, or award. To, it's to just like, uh, it, it like, works. Okay, let's, like, let's see what cases. So none of these cases could fit an AMD Fury or 980 or 980 Ti. Yep. Um, and there are plenty, and I understand there are plenty of mini ITX cases that could, that could fit a full-size graphics card. One of the, one of the, Big features of some Mini ITX chassis is that they support full-size GPUs. Yeah, and, and they're so not, and they're not necessarily even bigger than some of the they're ones not. that we They don't have at. to be bigger. They can just be just, arranged yeah, differently. Just, just more, you know, more kind of common sense to their arrangement. Yeah, you know. But I mean, you like, like the curved PQ thirty three Q thirty X. The curved one, cool. like it, it has to be that to, in order to pull off that design. It or it has, has to be a really long curve, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> it has to be a much wider curve. Yeah, like and I, and I'm sure that people will send us links to, hey, uh, here's a 980 Ti and a mod that looks awesome. And I and I have no, I'm not saying that that can't exist. And the R9 Nano, you have to have it to do a cool case mod or even a cool custom build. Yep. Um, just that it offers you different options. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just more of a, hey, look at this. We did some things. And I, and I think it's impressive that you can get that much performance in that small space. Yeah. You know, you got the Skylake processor, you got the MSI Z170 mini ITX board, you got this card that's actually more narrow than the motherboard itself, mm-hmm. mini ITX board. And I mean, uh, it's it, not cheap, I will say that. You're still paying 600 and I think it's at maybe 630 620 The The mod that, that we had to do, you might have to also do to a, you know, any other poorly designed case that it could even accept full-length cards, right? Because if the if it puts the card in a pocket like that, and depending on how the card's cooler is designed, right. there's a good chance that it's just going to sit there and you know and recirculate heat. Right. And just, had this been a blower design on this GPU, right? It blower probably designs would not have had that issue. Blower designs are much different. If it's the kind that has you know just like the just blower style fan where that's right. ducted and it all blows out the back of the card. Right. And out and outside the case, then you don't have to worry about that so much, right? Because it's always going to be drawing air in, like fresh air right. into the card from somewhere, right? 
Yeah. So anyway, that's that. Uh, go check out that article. There's a video uh, where we kind of walk through the builds and show off the cases a little bit more as well. Uh, and let me know what your feedback is uh, on that stuff. Oh, we'll touch on another couple things here real quick. Sebastian posted a review of the ECS Leva. Leva. We're going to go with Leva. Leva. X2. This is an Intel Brasswell mini PC. Uh, it looks like this. It is very tiny. We had this in here for a little bit, didn't we? Yeah. Anything you stand out about the design? The really, really nicely. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. It's even got a thumbprint. <laughs> You'd have to make it all the way, or it'd be a very <laughs> disappointing journey for uh, both you and system. So, this is three generations of the ECS Leva. PC here. You can see uh, Sebastian's taking part in all that. Ooh, look at PlayStation 1 box back here. And a SNES box. Is that a Super Nintendo box? That's a Looks SNES like box. A, that son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, it's not a Super Famicom box. I'm not that jealous. That's a PS1. No, no, no on, on the, the right. right. On the right. On the left, yeah. Yeah. it looks like a Super Nintendo. Yeah. Right. No, we got that, Josh. Yeah. Oh, you said Xbox One. Oh, sorry. Maybe did I did. You? Loser. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. Well, yeah. Um... <sighs> So specifications. It's not like someone's recording this and we can fact check. Nope. Yeah. Nobody, I'll, I'll nobody, edit it. I'll edit it. Yeah, nobody, nobody's watching make me live look like a fool. and all that. It'll no. just be beeped out. You don't have to post very much to do that. <laughs> is that a beep box over there? Yeah, yeah, totally is. <laughs> I don't know. No one will know which way was edited. Maybe I made Ryan right. Maybe I made him wrong. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I, can, I can come in and post and say, is that a PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> it's just true. And then I like, dub that over. Is maybe, that a, maybe I put Xbox One in that place, so we'll never oh, know yeah. which one is. Yeah, take yeah, an Xbox know. One, apply yeah. a blur filter, uh-huh. and paste it right there. Oh, look at that. That's easier probably than doing the audio edit, for sure. <laughs> no, and do the audio edit so you're still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be done. Um, so specifications on this device, the Leva X2. It's an Intel Brasswell in 3050 SoC. It's got DDR3L memory. Two gigabyte is the one we reviewed. It has a one M.2 slot uh, for storage, expansion storage, I guess, because it also includes... 64, 32 gigs of eMMC on board. Ours had 32 gigs. You've got an audio jack, gigabit LAN, three USB 3.0 ports. You're limited to HDMI and VGA output. Uh, and then you have uh, 802.11ac, Bluetooth 4, and a uh, output of just 36 watts on that adapter. So you know it's not it's not doing enough, uh, not doing a whole lot there in terms of power consumption. Um, it's an interesting looking device, right? I am not personally a fan of this kind of all white plastic stuff, right? You it's know, high quality plastic, at least. Is it? it? Didn't feel cheap. Was it? Okay, that's a plus. Um, I, I, it, it doesn't fit in with anything in my house. It looks really nice on that IKEA Birch Effect table. It does, right? So clearly, Sebastian is the target audience for this product. Uh, you can see the back there. You've got your headphone, your your D sub slash VGA, your HDMI output. Um, not a whole lot other than this. Now, if you take it off, it's kind of interesting how the cooler works. Um, you can see the heatsink is actually built into the chassis itself, right? And it's got a heat pipe that kind of spreads it all around. It wraps the heatsink around the entirety of the device. There's your processor sitting there in the middle. Not a whole lot going on here on the PCB, uh, which is actually pretty cool. Uh, now, performance-wise, installed Windows. Uh, now, remember, you're limited to uh, 2 gigs of memory and 32 gigs of storage on our review model. So you're not going to get a whole lot out of this, I'm going to be honest with you, right? So if you look at um, 
the the Braswell improvement over the the Leva X, which was based on Bay Trail, not a huge improvement. You're getting something in both single threaded and multi threaded performance, uh, but not a whole lot there. If you look at Sandra, kind of the same, very modest boost in performance, and that's kind of across the across the board here. That performance improves a little bit. Now, when you get into the graphics side, you do see an improvement going from Bay Trail to Braswell. Uh, pretty significant jump there. You're not going to be doing gaming on this, guys. I'm not. Like, I guess you could do some. What would you play on this? You could play. What's that UT game? UT 2004. Crush. UT 2004, maybe. Oh. Candy yeah. Crush Saga. You That's could play. That's coming pre installed on Windows 10. Yes, Candy Crush Saga is pre installed on Windows 10. So only only 5.9 billion for that. Yep. I don't want to talk about that yeah. um, right now. Uh, so, but that's an option there. Storage performance. Here is your uh, eMMC performance, I believe. 150 megabytes per second read. Look at those writes. 37 megabytes <laughs> per second write speeds. Uh, file copy tests. Hey, you know, 42 megs per second over USB 3. It's not so bad. That's okay. It's all right. It's not great. What are you going to do? Right? Um, so, Sebastian also did some whole theater testing here. And I'm going to quote a little bit uh, from a story for a test of local content playback. He used both 720p and 1080p, rip of the same Blu-ray, uh, using Handbrake to create the files and all that stuff. Uh, it didn't need to fall back on the 720p file as he was expecting because the 1080p file did play smoothly, um, which is interesting. He does say he wouldn't expect the same performance from a full bitrate MKV file, but his 18 megabit per second file looks pretty good and played without any issues in VLC. Um, I still wonder about the performance of this, right? So, you know, we're moving away from Flash, so that will help in terms of, like, if you're doing streaming performance yeah, yeah. on this. Uh, he does say he switched to Netflix, used the Chrome browser, and watched a few episodes of some HD shows for about two hours without any incident. Temps reach a toasty 69 degrees Celsius on the Braswell SoC, uh, but this was well within spec. What kind of wattage is, is that? Is it the 5 watt or 15 watt? Or? Oh, if it's, a Braz- if it's Braswell, it's like 5 watt at most. Okay. Yeah, the N3050. Uh, let me, I'll uh, Intel Arc that. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's real, real, real low. Yeah, Intel Celeron N3050. That's how you know it's good because it's got that Celeron name. Celeron. Mm-hmm. Um, 6 watt TDP, 4 watts SDP. It's a two-core, two-thread processor. Um, yeah. So he had good good results with the Sling TV app. Uh, used the Kodi app. No issues there. So it's it seems like it's enough horsepower to get that kind of job done, to be kind of like the, the deadhead on on a, on a mm-hmm. TV for, for streaming video of some kind. Um, he also talks about desktop use, subjective desktop use. I don't know. That's, that's not a good sign you want to see on. <laughs> yeah, because PC Mark. 2000 whatever is going to blow chunks. Yeah. I mean, that no, I.O. Yeah. on that is... Yeah, PC Mark not 8, great. not a great score. It's not going to break any records, obviously. Um, it's fast enough for light workloads, web browsing, email, office apps, and even HTML, HTML5 video. Um, but multimedia tasks such as photo editing are probably out unless you don't mind waiting long periods of time for images <laughs> to load or changes to apply. You can pretend you're on dial-up. When it's got to swap to that EMMC when you <laughs> run out of memory. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, shoot me now. Save us all. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> so there you go. Strengths. Better than expected HTTP performance. HTPC performance, rather. Fanless design. Ultra-low power. Does include a Visa mount. Weakness is the underpowered SOC and the eMMC storage for that. So uh, 
not too bad. Let me see if we have an updated price here on Newegg. Uh, Leva X, 2 gig, 32 gig mini PC, one nineteen ninety nine, $89 after $30 rebate. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, it does not, well, that's not the exact same design, you but it's compare the same it to a $99 compute stick, it's more powerful because it's Braswell instead of Baytrail. Yeah, so the higher end, the 64 gig version is 224 it looks Jeez. like. Jeez. Um, okay, I lied. So it's I lied. It's 159 for this. Mm. Take that. Back. Oh, okay. For the new Braswell version, the other one I was quoting was Betro. So for 159.99, you get this um, 32 gigs of storage, no OS, but it does have the memory and everything on board already. So what, were you, what did you say before, Ken? Uh, well, I was comparing it to the compute stick, but it's significantly more expensive at 159 than it was at. It is. It is now. I don't. They haven't updated the compute. The compute stick was still based on Betrayal. They haven't. So they haven't updated it yet. We assume that they will. They they said they're going to have a Skylake version of that, didn't they? Like a Core yeah, M Skylake yeah. version of that. I thought they did. Um, so it might seem a little bit steep, but you're kind of, you're getting it in a nice package and everything. So it might be worth a shot. So check out the review if you're interested more in the ECS Leva Leva X2. All right, Josh, tell me about Thrust Master. Master. Thrust. Well, you know. Alan yes, could sir. tell you all about it with his drill skills, but we don't really want to go there, do we? Mm. No. No. So anyway, uh, the nice people at Thrustmaster went ahead and, and sent me one of their very latest and newest wheels. It's the T-150 force feedback wheel. It's uh, PS3, PS4, and PC compatible. It is really kind of an interesting little product in that, uh, as we as we know, and looking at our the previous review I did on the TX F458 Italia edition which is a $290 product about um, you can go kind of crazy when it comes to wheels I mean uh, Thrustmaster has a 500 and plus odd dollar base uh, you add in another $170 to the actual wheel and, and rim and pedals uh, pretty soon you're going to start spending some real money if, if you're really serious about this. Yeah. Um, How much did you spend on your car, end, Ken? Well, go ahead. What? How much did you spend on your car, Ken? Oh, well, I just bought a new one, so that's not an oh, I meant the first anymore. one. Yeah, I can't, I can't use that. <laughs> How much was that first one? First one was like a couple of grand, right? Like three grand. Three grand. Okay, so still... A little more expensive. You than might just get more wheel. performance out of the PC. I have, but you can't simulate... Being in a way better car, I have bought working. A, I have bought working cars for cheaper than that wheel, though. So it's you know. yeah, but that was working. Nineteen fifty five. Is that in air quotes? No. What? So Works my fine. Da- my dad. So my dad and I were driving around in that P ninety D this week. <laughs> and my dad, he looked. At, I showed him the sticker price on it, and he goes, "You know what I bought my first house for?" <laughs> and I said, "What, Daddy?" He goes, sixty two hundred dollars. A house? <laughs> what? <laughs> House in Kansas for sixty two hundred dollars, and you're driving and you're rolling around in a hundred and something. It's a hundred forty two thousand dollars sticker price car that mm. no one here can afford. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, Josh, continue. We're talking yeah, about racing it's, it's wheels. Kind of sad. I mean, Not- I've talked to people that have bought real estate here in the seventies. Like, yeah, we got a tri level house for thirty five thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that was in the seventies. Your head. And my dad's talking about like before that. So yeah, my my payments were terrible. They were, <laughs> oh yeah, they were sixty a month. <laughs> they were horrible. For, Ugh. A house that's three thousand square feet. It's awful. And now it's worth like an order of magnitude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, back to wheels. Uh, the upper limit of 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 wheels is kind of insane. And 
if you wondered why I said this is the gateway to potential insanity, yeah. if you look at what people can spend on their cockpits and wheels and actual, you know, moving platforms that can wrench you around and triple monitor setups, everything, you can spend a huge amount of money, far more than what Ken spent on his car. Yep. But the T-150 is really the entry-level area for a good feature-packed wheel. Below that, you're going to have some very basic, maybe a couple of force feedback options around the 150 zone. But those were typically uh, limited to 270 degrees of rotation. Right. And uh, under that, you've got the bungee cord wheels where <laughs> inside, instead of any kind of active motors, you just have a couple of pulleys with bungee cords and it'll automatically center and that's about it. And those are 100 bucks, and that's still pretty expensive for yeah. for just that basic functionality. But Thruster Master saw an opportunity to provide a pretty good featured wheel for around 200 bucks, and that's what the T-150 is. It's got a 1,080-degree rotation. It can also uh, take both the, uh, the, the H-shifter, H-shift, you know, the manual, right. and the three-pedal options. There are two of them that Thrustmaster offers for uh, differing amounts of money, you know, a basic one and then one that you can have multiple um, uh, positions on the pedals and you can have them vertically mounted and horizontal. Well, well, vertically yeah. <laughs> top mounted versus bottom mounted. <laughs> right. GT versus, uh, well, uh, Formula One versus whatever. But anyway, um, you can go crazy, but you've got the option of putting that in. Um, they've cut corners. It's a pretty lightweight wheel. If I could actually get the strength up to hold my other wheel, you'd you'd see the difference, the TX. That weighs probably a good 15 pounds, and maybe this is about 7. Okay. And so you've got, uh, you know, some quality differences in between the two. This is, you know, it's lighter. They, they made the wheel a little bit more plasticky. Uh, the blue grips are, are nice on the hands, but they don't go all the way around. Uh, sure, it makes it look nice, but you know, there's the only metal on it is really these these paddle shifters, which are just kind of a powder coated alu- um, anodized aluminum. But uh, you know, it's two hundred bucks. It's fully functioned, it, it fully featured for a racing wheel, and uh, you know, really, you you get what you pay for. Now, there are obviously other options, much more expensive. And if you're a casual racer who wants force feedback, this is a nice option. Because let me tell you, for you know, 2010, I bought the previous version, which was the Ferrari F450, F430 wheel. And that only had the 270 degrees of rotation. It, it was a kind of hybrid design that was more gear-oriented rather than, than pulley. Right. And I was really happy with that for a very, very long time until, of course... I got something more expensive and tried that out, and I thought, wow, this is, this is what I'm missing. But if you've never tried that more expensive thing and you don't want to go for it, this is a, a really nice wheel to have because it's got all the features you need. You can upgrade it with the, the shifter and the three pedals, and it's going to last you a long time if you use it as such. It's also a gateway drug <laughs> or something bigger. Let's say you, you want to you know, try that shifter and you want to try those really high-end pedals. And, and next thing you know, you're, you're jonesing for a better bass 
and the Alcantara leather wheel that they offer. And next thing you know, you're you're spending a thousand bucks on just that stuff. Don't so do this it. is this is a nice compromise in between quality, um, the amount of force feedback, which is lower on this one than say the TX, the T three hundred, or the T three five hundred, which uh, feature a, a brushless motor and pulley system that that if you're not careful, I mean, they can you can really jerk it uh, the wheel out of your hands. Uh, this is not nearly as powerful. Um, Something I did compare it to is uh, like compared to the the helical gears on the Logitech uh, wheels. This one seems a little bit faster in that you can turn it faster. With the uh, Logitech ones, you've got the two helical gears, the twin motors. That uh, when you try to turn fast, it, it may not be as quick and responsive as maybe this, and definitely not as responsive as as the pulleys. So there's some, you know, obvious, obvious compromises. Uh, but otherwise, if, if you really want to get into gaming and racing and be able to have the full 1,080 degrees of, of rotation, then this is a really good start. Um, you'll get the, the, the better experience in that, say, you're, you're, if you just have a regular bungee cord wheel, you won't be able to feel when your car loses traction. You have to wait until that kind of visually shows up with your car either going into a wall or going over a cliff. But when you have a force feedback, you can feel instantly when those front wheels lose traction or you're hitting some bumps and you lose traction and, and you don't know where exactly your wheels are going. These are things that will improve your racing experience. It will improve your performance there because you'll have greater situational awareness of what's going on around you with a well-coded game, such as Dirt Rally or Project Cars. Um, Brought to you otherwise, by Trojan. You know, what's that? Brought to you by Trojan. For more <laughs> force feedback, more, more accurate feeling. Mm. Exactly. Polyethylene mm. and lubrication. But uh, <laughs> for 200 bucks, I think it's money well spent. Yeah. You've got to pony that up. But if you think about it, you're probably going to use this five or six years. Or if you get really into racing, you'll think that, hey, thank you for giving me such a nice platform to make me spend more money on really high-end products. It's like real cars. enjoy that even more. What's that? It's like real cars. Yes. <laughs> so this oh, is on man. sale now. It's one of their newest members of, uh, of the group. It was released, I think, back in August uh, You know, for sale in the States. I think in Europe they have a Ferrari edition that's red instead of blue. Uh, this is only PS3, PS4, and PC. Uh, if you want Xbox, you need to go elsewhere on their uh, on their products to uh, to be able to support that. But yeah, I, it's a it's a nice wheel. It's not perfect. It it hasn't you know it, it didn't blow me out of my seat. But at the same time, if you look at the price, kind of the, the build quality, what you're getting. It's it's a nice combination of all those features to to give you a really good experience. Cool. And our when's racing? the Jeremy Clarkson version coming out? There's not nearly enough cursing involved. <laughs> our race, our racing wheel coverage continues. Dun dun dun! Yes. What an amazing. Is thing that a threat done. or like a teaser for upcoming content? I it's neither. To be honest with you, I, I we have as far as I know, we have no other scheduled content under the racing wheel guys so we'll see hmm. although we are st- did we ever get the second wheel in from Logitech no nope the the 920 no. Nope. It's, 
kind of like the same thing, but right. I'll get on that because wheels and stuff. All right, we are going to take a quick break here, guys, and uh, thank today's podcast sponsor. Um, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Brain Tree. Now, chances are some of you guys don't know what Brain Tree is, um, but if you're a developer, then you will want to pay attention. Developers around the world have embraced the Braintree V.0 SDK as the easiest way to add secure mobile payments to your apps and to your websites, right? It's not just for apps, but for, for your websites as well. Uh, no matter what payment type, it could be uh, Apple Pay, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, even Bitcoin, if that's still your thing, I guess. Uh, and if something new pops up, Braintree will support it as well. It's the same payment solution used by Uber, Airbnb, and GitHub, so you know it scales pretty well for whatever thing you're attempting to build. Um, Integrating it into your app is as easy as inserting a few lines of code. You can try out the sandbox and see for yourself at braintreepayments.com slash pcper. There's a couple of other points here. Uh, It's simple, secure payments. You can integrate it in minutes. I think if you've ever written software for anything, the idea of integrating something as important, as crucial as getting your payments to work in 10 minutes sounds pretty awesome. Um, You get it done in minutes. If you don't have time, you can call Braintree. They'll even handle the integration for you or walk you through it. Uh, It supports Android, iOS, and JavaScript clients, which I assume means browsers. Mm -hmm. I don't know what other things there are that are considered JavaScript clients other than browsers. Uh, But maybe that's what it is. It has SDKs in seven languages, .NET, Node.js, Java, Perl, PHP, Python, and Ruby. That's all that exists in the world anyway. Not not true, but... Wait, what was that list? <clears throat> .NET, Node.js, Java, Perl, PHP, Python, and Ruby. I actually can't think of another web language. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of P's in the too. Perl, PHP, and Python. I like that. That rolls off the tongue. Uh, elegant code, clear documentation, and it's 10 lines of in-app code to get this up and running. So, like I said, uh, try out the sandbox and see it for yourself at braintreepayments.com slash pcper, and we thank Braintree for their support of us. The PC Perspective Podcast. We're not going to find like an iPad mounted to the door of the bathroom and like a, a char- surcharge here soon, are we? It is going to be like uh, Ryanair. You have to <laughs> swipe your card in order to use the bathroom and it will use Braintree payments. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's just – That's the downside of only 10 lines of code. Ryan can integrate it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it will actually – that's all the app is. It's just going to be a white screen with an insert your credit card thing. Right, whatever that, whatever the SDK does. Microtransactions, microtransactions. Yeah. Yep. And it might not even like the door. The door's not going to lock or anything. I'm just going to have to lean over. And go, hey, hey, hey! Did you pay? <laughs> uh, we're going to have to do it that way. All right, let's get on to the rest of the stuff that happened this week. Starting with the death of AMD Catalyst. Yay! Yay! I think everybody in this podcast will agree uh, that it could die now. Okay. Yeah. Right? I could use a new one. Well, no, we're just, they're not going to replace it. It's just dead. I know, just re- a, a new driver. No more drivers. Never a driver release. No, they've perfected just, drivers. Just crimson. AMD says they've perfected the driver. They're done. They don't ever need to make another one for any other game coming out in the future. That's not actually true. Okay. They didn't actually say that. Uh, so, but what they are doing is they're canceling Catalyst, and they're introducing what... So Catalyst Control Center is now going to be called Radeon Software. Right, they've kind of rebranded it. Uh, they're trying to, you know, they're back into this whole idea of uh, they created the Radeon product group, right? This whole let's let's make AMD and separate it so that there's a very clear graphics division and then the other guys, whatever okay. they do. I'm not sure what that is anymore. Um, so you have the Radeon graphics group uh, and the other guys. So now they have Radeon software, and then with it, 
they uh, will release major releases likely once a year. Remember when Catalyst Omega came out? And they said they were going to... They were going to do this. This is going to be a once a year thing. Yeah. Okay, so now they're still doing that. Hey, they didn't lie. They didn't lie, but they said, you know, a Catalyst <laughs> sucks. Uh, it, it, it didn't suck. I mean, it kind of sucked. It, it became sucky. Right? It just, it's one of those software that became slower and, and harder to use. So they're getting rid of all that, uh, but they're still going to do annual releases. The first one is Crimson. So you will now see Radeon software Crimson and then a point number, like 15.11, for example. Uh, and that's how you'll be getting drivers starting, I think, later this month, later November, and through the rest of your life. Okay. Uh, that's how you'll be getting drivers from AMD. So Radeon software Crimson Edition 15.11 is how it will be branded. Um, and... This is how it's going to look like. This is it. This is what it's going to look like. It's a totally redesigned UI. It's not just redone in terms of how it looks. It also performs way better as well. Uh, Now, keep in mind, I'm saying this without having hands-on time with it because all we got was a presentation about it and a discussion with the guys who are making it. I haven't actually tested the software yet. Um, But they are talking about – let me go back up here. So the old version was built on .NET. Okay. And that's bad. Uh, the new version is built on Qt. I don't know anything yeah. about that. Qt is like a pretty common front end front end system for a lot of languages. Okay, that a lot of people use. So they claim like on an APU based system, modest APU based system, the startup time for Catalyst Control Center used to be eight seconds. Which is a long time to wait for. That does an app seem like a long time for something like on that. On this, with Radeon uh, Software Crimson Edition, it's 0.6 seconds on the same setup. Okay. Right. So just in terms of user responsiveness, you get something immediately. That's obviously what you want. Um, the user interface is redesigned. It's supposed to be easier to get around to everything. Uh, you can see here, like, this is a per-game profile. Uh, let me click on this and try to see if I have a slightly better version of it here. It's still blurry. Great. Um, so this is, like, your per-game profile settings where you would normally go in and change your anti-aliasing mode, your texture filtering, and isotropic filtering. Anything that you could change at the control center before, you can now do through Radeon software um but it's a little bit quicker it's actually it's a lot a bit quicker and uh better looking and you can do it per game instead of just universally yeah so you could all you could do that in control center as well you could do per game profiles with this one that they're actually doing overclocking yeah that's you're right that is new so they tie that in and that is new because that was pure global if you look here so they they always had overdrive but now you can profile overdrive so you can say hey when i play this game Let's push the GPU up. I mm-hmm. want it to go 20% faster, 20% better, higher power. But when I'm playing something like EVE Online or Bastion that doesn't need any of that, right? scale let's scale back. it down, right? There's yep. no need for me to run at 1,200 megahertz. I can run at 800 megahertz and that's be true. much quieter and cooler. And it, that's all integrated into it. And that's actually uh, a really cool – that's kind of like – I think it's probably the only – new feature that really stood out to me yeah. yeah the rest of it is kind of like making all the other stuff easier to do i should point out when you look at these per game profiles this is not what gfe does like so these are all control panel based settings you're you're, you're forcing an anti-aliasing or you're poising, forcing a filter or you're forcing v-sync on or whatever you're not changing in-game settings on this okay. that is still done through if you want to do that on your amd hardware still done yeah. through that raptor amd gaming evolved kind of integration um so they're not quite duplicating what GFE has done. But they right. are making it way better looking, which is what NVIDIA's GFE has done as well. So um, we'll apparently get hands-on on this uh, in the relatively near future. They're also going to do direct driver downloads from this. So you'll get a notification about a new driver. You'll be able to download it through this software. Um, 
which is a, a convenient thing. Will you have to enter in your email address? You will not have to enter an email in. Nope. Uh, they're very specific about that, <laughs> not coincidentally. Um, so what do you think about this? Josh, Jeremy, anybody? I mean, like, I like this picture here. This, this reminds me of the bad old days where, like, hey, Radeon 7500, here's your control panel. Look at that crap. Mm, fire oh, yeah. Look at that. Like, I, I think I made that same GUI in high school uh, in Visual Basic. Yeah, and then here, here's here, here it was. I think this was probably better than what it turned into here. If I'm going to be honest with you, in terms of speed and usability and all that type of stuff, 2006, 2011, <coughs> 2002. Josh, what are your fond memories of Catalyst Control Center? Josh, you're muted. Josh, he, we cannot he, hear he just, you. He just he just doesn't have any. <laughs> he, he's just gumming. You know, I I remember running a lot of drivers for the original Radeons, you know, the 7000 series. And uh, they finally got a lot of their stuff together for the 9700 Pro. And so that was pretty solid. But again, it was very, very basic uh, control panel that was, you know, kind of built into Windows. And and yeah, when, when Catalyst Control Panel came out, you know, first there was a lot of excitement about it. But then it used, you know, .NET, and it was slow, and yeah. some things didn't always work. And eh. You had to really dig down to some places like, you know, that whole overscan thing. You ever install, <laughs> you know, and, and you attached it to a monitor, and it's like, why do I only have 85% of my monitor actually being used? And you've got this big black border around everything. And then you dig through for an X amount of time and finally, finally find the overscan setting and and said so you can utilize your entire bell cd it just jeremy things like that that stand down what are your fond memories of catalyst control center now that it's dead well i I, like josh the old style one but with like uh, one of the old fire mx's where it's like that's a lot of tabs damn it because it had a lot more than the one you were showing oh really oh yeah uh and I've got a sort of a personal reason why I'm looking forward to this, because ever since I went to Windows 10, my iFinity portrait has not worked. And no matter what I do, it's it's an error that pops up every once in a while with Catalyst, so I'm interested to see if this is finally going to fix it. And to be perfectly honest, I am kind of sick of staring at this old control center. Yep. Uh, I imagine we will talk with AMD in length about this when they come out. Uh, is it this month? Yeah. Did I say it was in November? It's in November. Yeah. Um, so they'll come out. We're going to talk to their driver team about a bunch of stuff uh, in terms of performance features, direction for the graphics team, all that stuff. So uh, pay attention for that. Uh, move on to so some other things quick. Sebastian posted a release or a news post, I guess, about the Kangaroo, a pocket-sized battery-powered Windows 10 PC with a $99 price tag. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Two and a half inch. It looks like an external two and a half inch hard drive. Yeah. Uh, but it includes a quad core Cherry Trail processor, Z8500. So it's more powerful than the Levex, too. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nominal speed of 1.4, turbo up to 2.24 gigahertz, along with the usual 2 gigs of RAM, 32 gigs of eMMC, 802.11ac, built in fingerprint reader. Uh, huh. It's got a battery. And it has a battery as well. Yep. It could say it says it can operate at up to four hours of quote casual use without wall power, according to InFocus. Just imagine if they build a Pico yep. projector into this thing, which is kind of funny because they're a well, projector company and they didn't, but you know. Yeah. 
I know they should have. But what I thought was interesting is it'll hook directly up to uh, if you're carrying an Apple device like an iPad. It will just happily pair with that uh, with a USB to FireWire to make it a display. Wait, wait. Nobody uses Fire anymore, so what What are you talking about? Or, sorry, USB to uh, Lightning. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. FireWire, yeah. Lightning Bolt, Thunderbolt, you know. I'm really not entirely sure how that works, but they say it does. They say it does, and I was going at that going, okay, one, I like the cross-branding, and two, really? <laughs> That's, That's surprising, yeah. Weird. Now, you have to have a keyboard and a mouse or something to use this, right? Can yeah. you? There, maybe they, do they release an app for your phone to, like, control that? I mean, you don't need one from them to do it. That's true. Yeah, okay. Because it's yeah. like, I'm trying to figure out, it's like, what is the use of having a... Or you could use, like, one of those... Battery-powered machine with no screen and keyboard. <laughs> you use, like, one of those iPad Bluetooth keyboards. Yeah, it's just Bluetooth. You could pair it with anything. Yeah. That's true. Huh. You got those, or you got a USB 2.0, so you get one of those duals that'll do a keyboard and a mouse at the same time. Still leaves your USB 3 free. Wait, wait. Did Apple use a 40-pin dock connector before? They use a 30. 30? Okay, because that's 30. what it is. No. So, like, the, <clears throat> the device itself, like, it has an add-on plug-in that adds, what, HDMI, USB, and audio output? Well, it's kind of necessary. It also adds the DC in. <laughs> Oh, to charge but, it. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of necessary. <laughs> okay, so not an add-on. But I mean, like, we've seen a lot of these small form factor PCs, but having a battery is really cool. Like, if you need something to run headless at some event for two hours, right? You could there yeah. you go, like yeah. a simple web server or yep. something random like that. Just ninety nine bucks. Yeah, for ni- for ninety nine dollars, that's impressive. It, it's, it seems very competitive. Yeah, yeah. I yes, agreed, agreed. That what's it called? What's the full name? It's for, made by Infocus. So weird. <laughs> Which is a projector company, as you mentioned, uh, and it's called the Kangaroo. Is it still? Let's see if this price is. Yep, ninety nine bucks sold out on yep. on Newegg, but it, was it also comes with a copy of Windows. Really? It's probably when it's just Windows it's at home. Huh? Hey, you know what? We're living in the future. What? How much power do you need? Back in two thousand, this would have been so fast, going to two point two four gigahertz. I don't think this is the same kangaroos. No, no. Amazon doesn't seem to list it, but they do have some kangaroos shoes. For you to purchase ah, good. Kangaroos. So it's very soft leather. All right, so that's pretty, oh. that's a pretty cool thing. We'll see if we can get one of those to, to mess around with. Uh, something else we're going to try to get a hold of is the MSI Z170A SLI Plus. Uh, if you like interesting motherboard designs, this is this is as close to a blackout board as I have seen in a, in a long time. Um, they could have done something to, to kind of like black out those silver chrome kind of connectors, couldn't it they? Kind of looks cool. You could just plastic dip it, it off or something, right? Right here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, since the IOs chrome-ish, anyways, and the socket has to be like yeah. having those accents looks pretty cool. I, and well, and it has to battery. because those are the steel armor battery. hefty, hefty, hefty ports. That's right, steel armor here. You got the battery, wimpy, right wimpy. There. wimpy. I think actually this is going to sound really stupid, but this box actually looks nice. Like it's just a black static <laughs> cardboard with just like text on it. It actually looks higher class as opposed to this is the motherboard so, you're getting. Dragons yes. and scantily clad women, right? Not, not about the motherboard. Nothing wrong with not with like exactly. fifty-seven different logos that correspond to each feature. Yeah, that's probably on the back. Uh, oh, it probably is. Yeah, uh, the back looks like a NASCAR racer. All right, fine. Intel Gigabit LAN, DDR4 Boost technology, 
they say and Turbo M.2 and U.2 with speeds up to 32 gigabits per second for NVMe SSDs. Uh, SLI right there in the title. So it does support SLI and Crossfire. Um, yeah, it's got VGA output, though. What? They had room. What? And USB 3C. Yeah, USB 3... Is it 3.1, does it say? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it is. All of them are 3.1, and you get one of the new connectors. Huh. Yeah, that's, that's all right. That's not so bad. We'll see. This, this is something that they, they're calling their, their, their Pro Series boards. Um, but I don't think we have pricing or anything on that yet, do we, Jeremy? Not that I've seen. Uh, I would be guessing four to five hundred bucks. No, it can't be that much, really. Oh, for one seventy, probably. Yeah. Nah. No, it's an A. That's got. Yeah. Oh, it is. A, it is an A. I take max. that back. I'm gonna say twelve dollars. Yeah, <laughs> ten cents a gigabyte. That's my ten cents per gigabyte. Twelve dollar motherboards. Fourteen dollar processors. It's been shopping at the. How much for the center. SSD? Ha! Huh. I don't know. Uh, $10, 10 cents per gig is what I said on the SSD. <laughs> I can tell you how much it costs to get an STD, but... <laughs> for free! That's pretty much free. Not for Josh. Uh, Acer announces a pair of new Predator monitors. Like, they just keep pumping these things out. Two new G-Sync monitors. The uh, t- This first one is a G-Sync, what is this? The XB271HU. So not the 270 HU like you have, Alan. This it's is got the a 271. One. And it looks very different than the one that you have. This is kind of more of a, hey, we need to make one that's neat looking, has better build quality perhaps. Oh, good. By looking at it. Um, it needed you know, that. Yeah, it does. It does, to be, to be really fair about it. Uh, it is a 25 by 14 IPS, um, up to 165 hertz refresh rate overclock. Sounds familiar. Sounds very familiar again. <laughs> um, so that's the XB271HU, and then if you need a higher resolution, they do have the XB271HK, uh, which is for 4K. Get it? Uh, right. So it's 3840 it. by 2160, so 60 now we, hertz. Now we know what the K means, finally. Yes, finally. Okay. Uh, 300 candelas per meter squared of brightness, <laughs> 1.07 billion colors, all those types of things. Uh, and you can see here that the stand on that is completely redesigned as well. It looks... Weird, awful. Yeah. I don't think it looks awful. I mean, the profile. It's got little off. footsies. Yeah, well, yeah, but it's like red plasti dip footsies. How yeah. cool is that? Yeah. I, I for some reason this monitor doesn't look tall enough to me. Like either the base and the stand is much larger than it looks, or the the monitor is not big enough. I, I think maybe the. I think that looks shots okay. Won't show it off very well. I think it might look better in person. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that looks all right. But this is something that Acer needs uh, to compete with the ROG Swift on, on a bunch of different areas. So MSRPs, $799 for the 25x14 and $899 for the 4K. So I think I'm just glad they've got VESA mounts on the back. They're not. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, they're not any cheaper than uh, the Asus models. So we'll take, that, take that for what we can. Um, real quick, Scott posted another video if you're interested in early PC audio. Uh, there's an, we, we posted a video by the 8-bit guy before was pretty cool this one looks at it from a very different perspective um beep is a documentary video and book series that started with kickstarter it's an interview with rich heimlich the person behind the company top star they did a third party qa for video game companies as scott's writing here um and uh they did a fairly lengthy interview about 40 minutes long where they talk about the history of audio um, ad lib yeah 
Yeah. Ad lib. You remember that stuff? Did you have an oh, ad lib? Oh, God, yeah. I did have an ad lib. Yeah. Uh, I knew this was something that Jeremy and Josh would eat up. Probably from, Alan, too. Bought it from Egghead Software. Egghead oh. Software. Was that, well, did that become something else? That wasn't what came. There was, what was the was other a, was reseller of... that had the word egg in it, but wasn't New Egg? Wasn't there another online retailer like that that was, it was Egghead? I thought that was it. Was it Egghead? It's okay. like the first one. Because <laughs> <laughs> they used to be advertisers with us, wherever it was, in like Monarch Computer Systems and these oh. weird guys. Um, but yeah. So if you're interested in kind of old school audio stuff, the interview goes on to discuss AdLib versus Creative War, uh, AdLib Gold versus Sound Blaster 16, if these names ring a bell and they <laughs> bring back memories. Uh, Ken is shaking his head. No, he doesn't know any of this. Garbage. He doesn't even know what ISA is. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Josh is reaching around to, to grab one from like his pile of cards. No, right now, no, no. Neo in the chat. I, I think I do have some ad lib back there, it, but it's I, still installed. I Neo in the chat, still on a system. Told me Egghead or whoever it was became Zip Zoom Fly. Oh God! Uh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, I know that. that. Yep. Yep. Zip Zoom Fly. Yep. Mm. Yep, yep. Yep. Well, yep, that yep. explains it. Yeah, so there's that. Um, so awesome. check out that video if you haven't yet. That's pretty cool stuff. Uh, no, also, I still haven't even yeah. finished going through the entirety of the 3D effects hour and a half history of, of the company. That's pretty Why cool would you too. expect me to go through all 40 minutes? Look, man. <laughs> look. I got Some people have you. time. I don't have time. You can play it at faster speed. No, you know what? Uh, Zip Zoom Fly, I don't think it was Egg. It was Google Gear. What? It was Google Gear. It launched in, two thousand, in January 2000 as Google Gear. Oh. I can't imagine how that would have familiar. lasted very long. Uh, claims of fraud. Committed rebate fraud. Better Business Bureau. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I don't know. OCC, and then, and then imagine that. Google sued them for their naming scheme. Hmm. In any event. Uh, so a couple of weeks, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about NVIDIA and their game-ready drivers and how you were only going to be able to get them through GFE. And now they were going to require an email address. Yeah, that's what I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> and they said, well, the reason they wanted your email address is so they could give you free stuff sometimes. Uh, this maybe. is an example of that. Uh, they are promoting their game-ready drivers with a giveaway uh, that includes to the win-free hardware part, which will be giving away $100,000 worth of prizes, including graphics cards, uh, up to the GTX 980 Ti, game keys, and Shield Android TV boxes. To be eligible, users need to register with the GeForce Experience and use it to download the latest game-ready driver. Okay. Now, here's the key. The game-ready driver that came out today, you don't have to use GFE still. It's still on GeForce.com. No. So you don't have to do this if you don't want to still. I still just don't like Sometime the Sometime in December you'll have to, but whatever. It still just annoys me, that annoys me if you put any barrier to getting that driver, other software sites are going to be hosting the file. So for those people, yeah. and then those people are going to get infected with crap that yep. the other site injects into it. That's just what bothers me about the whole thing. But really. then you don't have a 1 in 100,000 chance of winning a free game that you probably already have. That's mm, true. Maybe I should register for it just for that. I don't know. You never no, know. you got to install it. Like so it, it doesn't bother me I have to have my email. It's just that, that other people might not like that, and then those yeah. people will get bad crap on their computer, yeah. potentially. So you can still get it without downloading GFE for, for now. They yeah. say in December that will change. Uh, but they did also put in this press release that they pledged to have optimized drivers for these titles coming out in November and December. I'm going to read these titles because I think it's awesome that all these games are coming out in the next no- two months. Okay, Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Coming out on PC soon. It's already out on consoles. Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Civilization Online, Fallout 4, Just Cause 3, Monster Hunter Online. What? 
Overwatch, Roller Coaster Tycoon World, StarCraft II Legacy of the Void, Star Wars Battlefront, Rainbow Six Siege, and War Thunder. So, um, Fallout 4. Like, Fallout 4, I want to play, of that list, I want to play Fallout 4, Just Cause 3. I want to play Overwatch. I want to try it. Mm. Uh, I don't, but I got to play Legacy of the Void. Battlefront, obviously. <laughs> Rainbow Six Siege, yes. Nah. I'm kind of over StarCraft. Roller Coaster Tycoon World, is that like an MMO where like you no build idea. roller coasters to compete with people? That could be really cool. I have a lot of great memories of Roller Coaster Tycoon mm-hmm. back in the day. And then like Didn't you just kill everyone though? I, oh, of yeah. course. Yeah, no, you just Yeah, it's just like SimCity. You built up a city so you could destroy it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in a separate save, of course. Cuz you didn't want to go through that work to destroy it again. Um, so that's an exciting thing and and Whatever you think about requiring an email address or downloading drivers to GFE, having optimized drivers on or before the release date for all those games is a feat for them. That is good. Uh, and it's something we should encourage, right? Like, mm-hmm. yes, we would like you to give us the drivers in an easier fashion, but we would also like you to have the drivers. Um, yeah. And that will be something that when AMD comes here, we'll have to, you know, peg them on. Like, hey, look, they're doing all this stuff. What's your deal? Maybe they can't afford to do that. Maybe not. We'll see. We'll get some answers. (laughs) Uh, So we don't often talk about – everybody has a self-contained water cooler now, like everybody. I think Alan sells one. Um, (laughs) It's an odd brand. It's a radio out of Scirocco. Right. Yes. Uh, And he's got a special mixture of fluid. That's that's the the heater core. (laughs) It's the heater core out of a car. And, uh, yeah. So uh, a company called CryoRig. I think I'm saying – Cry O'Rig, Cry O'Rig, not Cry Orig, which is it's just an oddly it's an odd looking. No, that's what you do when you install their uh, game manager program. Oh. Gotcha. So they're releasing a hybrid liquid CPU cooler. Now, if you look at it, you think, well, that's stupid. They have this 240 rad with two fans on it, and then you've got this the water block on it, with but it also fan? has a fan on. It. Why do you even care about that? Because that's your the VRMs. Thing I've ever heard. And then you watch this video. Which we'll oh, skip please mute point, it. Right? For God's sakes, mute it. It's I don't have sound coming on. But <laughs> I think it's actually really well done. So here you go. There is There are your VRMs without, on a regular cooler, there they are with this fan on it. You see on the, on the flare oh, so camera the fan, there? The fan is for your VRMs. Yeah. It's for MOSFETs and all the componentry around it. It makes sense. This is your it's motherboard also, on drugs. It, this is your motherboard's off drugs. It, it's also the reason that when I was doing water cooling, I had uh, motherboard-specific like blocks for the VRMs. For the, for right. the wa- and then we're in the water yeah. loop, right? Yeah. Because you know that other stuff will start just cooking, especially if you've water cooled everything else and you have no airflow going across mm. the motherboard anymore. Because the VRMs rely on the CPU cooler to to have move air, air moving around. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean it's a good point. You know, so they're going to release the A40, A40 Ultimate, and the A80. Um, A40 is two forty millimeter. Uh, and the A40 Ultimate is a little bit thicker radiator, and then the uh, A80 is a 280 yeah. radiator on it. So uh, I mean, you really kind of have to. Gonna, I think they're going to send us one of those. So Sebastian, prepare yourself. You kind of have to be pushing your overclock pretty far for your VRM temperature to become like a thing. That True. Cause, I mean, th- know, that's going to cause instability, it, right. or, or a bottleneck right. in some case. Because right. yeah. I mean, VRMs are pretty beefy circuits. You know, just, yeah, just the, you they're know, built for that. For yeah, sure. they're just built to switch power and do so at you know higher temperature. Yeah, but 
And I'm know. curious, like somebody in the chat room is saying, but don't you have a case fans for that purpose? Yeah, but they have to be blowing in the right place, and that fan is blowing in, the, in the perfect place. For that, yeah. yeah, I'm curious if you can like rotate it. On yeah, the, I think I think so it's I think it's on the yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that way it's kind of po- you know depending on you how could, you, you mount it and where the angle it towards are yeah. on your particular thing. All right, that's cool. Yeah. All right. It's probably much cheaper than, you know, doing a whole water loop and having the blocks on the... Oh, sure. I mean, that's a huge pain in the butt to do that. It is. Like, you either need the, those individual blocks, and then you need, like, two more barbs per block, and usually you have a couple of blocks just to go on the VRMs, because the VRMs are usually split, right? They're usually on, like, two separate yeah. sides, right? Yeah. Or you have to have, like, a full coverage water block for the motherboard, which right. is also really expensive. Like, yeah. they're, like, 150 200 bucks. Maury says in our chat, uh, that's what water blocks are for. Come on. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't all have that. He's still, he's still diehard on the water cooling thing. Yeah. And cracking cores. He hasn't, he hasn't, got, he hasn't yet, he hasn't <laughs> yet gotten tired down. of you know, uh, plumbing being involved for every minor PC yep. upgrade that he performs. You're right. I just got so burnt out on that. I, yeah. I got burnt <laughs> on it long ago when I was doing it for CPU test beds when yeah. I had water cooling for everything. Um. So, okay, last thing here. We have some leaked Fallout 4 screenshots. Jeremy, what do you think about these? These are, they're running at 1080p Ultra, and they're leaked on a NeoGAF thread. Yep. And they apparently forgot to apply the sepia filter before they leaked them. Because that looks very different from a lot of Fallouts. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't there something different? Like, I thought, like, there was some kind of rumor that it wasn't really, like, legit screenshots or something. I don't know. Of this, course. Uh, it, something every about rumor it. comes with stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're willing to stroke a red rocket, then uh, maybe you're willing to accept this as real. I don't I don't know what you just said. I'm going to ignore it. There's a red rocket in the background. I, the you know, I yeah. get it. No, nope, we're not going there. But, I think yeah. it looks good. I don't think it looks amazing. It, no, but I didn't expect it to because we're still on the uh, same engine. I mean, it's tweaked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right? But yeah. it, it is still the same engine. It's Skyrim Plus. Yeah, it's yeah. Skyrim with better textures, okay. uh, which also means it can be modded the hell out of. Because, right. boy, can you make Skyrim pretty. It is really drawing way far out. It's got like, good distances. Yeah, yeah it's, it's got great distances. Can I walk to that power tower? At, uh, uh, probably not. Uh, I need to be able to get there. That would be nice. You can probably walk there. It's yeah, but the Death game. Claw would probably stop you halfway. They don't stop me at all. Uh, they, They'll never the stop me. always stop you. They'll never get me. All right. Uh, I don't know. They've changed a lot about the game. I'm interested. I sure as hell ain't picking it up on day one because I'm going to wait for them to get the bugs out. I'm going to pick it up I, on day minus one. The 18 day one DLCs to drop and and. But after that, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Let's get into our hardware software picks of the week here, guys. Uh, mine is an interesting little gadget <clears throat> that I think was on Kickstarter like 100 years ago. Yeah. Uh, it is called Coin. I wanted it during that Kickstarter. I, I understand. Even put, I even gave them money. I gave them oh, money too, and I just forgot to ask for my money back. Oh, and so it just showed up one day, like two oh. days ago. But that's the version two. Yeah, I never got version one. Yeah, they basically released enough of version one to know that there was ne- a bunch of negative feedback. So they said, you know, we're just going to hold everybody else's pre-order until we get version two. Yeah. So the idea here is that this is like a so it looks it's a save of a credit card. It's very thin, not quite as thin as a credit card, but very very close. Uh, it has a stripe on the back. Uh, but what's more important here is if I'll, I'll play through this video here too. Uh, it has an e-ink screen on it that allows you to see stuff that's going on. It's got one button mm-hmm. and an e-ink screen, and that and a thing that thin—that's really impressive. Like it is. It's credit really, card really thin. impressive. Yeah. 
And the idea is it comes with a like a little uh, swipe thing for your phone. Yep. You register it with your phone. You swipe your credit cards through it. It saves them to this device. Mm-hmm. Bluetooth, and then, right? Through Bluetooth. Yep. It syncs it to it. And then you take this with you and you just unlock it and you cycle through by hitting the button, which card you want to use right now. It's like, oh, you know what? I, I need to put this on my business uh, my Visa card. card or something. And yeah. so you do that, and it shows up with the word Visa. It'll have the last four digits, so you know you're on the right card. Mm-hmm. The expiration date, in case you know, you're know you using it, to they, they require that information. And then when they swipe it through the machine, or you swipe it through the machine, it shows up as the Visa card. Mm-hmm. If I say, oh, this is a business expense, I'll use my Amex business card. You just hit the button again, swipe goes over to that one, you swipe it, it'll use it that way. It also supports uh, NFC. Right? Which is the new feature like of the, the second version. Right. Yeah, because the original one. New. We've been doing that. that up here for years. Right. Well. But not with not, not like programmatically. It changes on the fly what yeah. it is. It yeah. changes, changes the on the NFC fly is impressive. On the fly. Yeah. Um, does it have the security code as well or just the last four digits? Not it's it does not. You have to put okay. that in when you Register the card to the app and to the device. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't use this to like buy things online. Right. right? No, it's just it's not a bad barrier because oh. if someone finds it, right. often yeah. you're just verify those last four digits. There's some cool security stuff in your here. Security. Like um, I have it right now, so you can just hit the button and unlock it. If it's not near your phone, it won't unlock. Mm-hmm. You can also have a tap pattern. Where it has like a little how thing close in it. has it got to be like roughly? I don't know. We sh- we sh- tested sh- it out earlier where I had the phone over here and I was on the other corner of the office and, and it's still unlocked. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I don't know what that range actually is. Does um, it do the thing where if it stays away from your phone for too long and the phone reminds you, "Hey, did you forget your card?" Yes, like- it will. It will remind you that you don't have it with you, and it will tell you where it last had it. Like there's a GPS notification. Oh. This is where I last. This is where saw your phone it. was when it. Yes. Well, yeah. it was, this is where your phone was the last time we connected to the card, um, which That's could cool. be which could be useful. And it has your name printed on it, on the back. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. Look at that. It's got like a signature block on there and stuff. So I used it. I've used it twice now. I used it at dinner last night and I used it at lunch today. Mm-hmm. And I handed it to somebody to pay for dinner last night. And she went, <laughs> What the heck? And then just swiped it. And she goes, Your card is funny. And hands it back to me. And I said, Okay. She had no idea what was going on. That's because it's every card. And then that, you know, so I used uh, my Visa for that. And then I used my Amex today at lunch and I swiped yeah. it through the normal machine and it had no issues. Now there's. Concern about like the chip migration, like yeah. the fact that some pen. cards now, if you swipe, chip inside. Yeah, they may say, "Oh, insert." There's also chip. Insert pen. Uh, chip. Your card has a chip, and you need to put it into the the chip slot as opposed to swiping it. Yeah, which this does not support. Right. So you'd have to hope that that uh, terminal also supports NFC. So you well, use even if it pay. doesn't, you can override it. You just swipe it, it prints it out, you sign it like you did with those ancient things yeah. you guys use down in the States. Yeah, there's but, usually a way around that if it prompts you for a... It's a neat little device. How much are they? They're 100 bucks. I don't think I paid that. I don't remember what that was on the... Uh, it was cheaper on the, chip, on the, on on the, the Kickstarter. Kickstarter. But it I wasn't like, actually Kickstarter. It was just pre-order on our website. Was it? Oh, yeah. yeah. But it was yeah. like two years ago. Yeah. They have a really good website, too. You see this here? Can, it's like, it's yeah. where they put all the money. It, w- it was something like... Yeah, I like, web- I like what the website does. Yeah, so there's the part where it, as it auto unlocks, shows your last indications, safeguards against theft, uh, and that type of stuff. So, and I also like it for me. I have a lot of like food gift cards that I use here. Yep. Uh, so I like I put in a Panera and a Longhorns and a Logan's. 
gift card on this. The only downside is you only put eight things on it total. Hmm. It's limited to eight cards or if you got gift eight cards, pieces whatever. of plastic, you got a problem. Well, it's like I've got my business card, I've got my Visa card, I've got my um, uh, my other. I got two two personal credit cards that I carry with me, a business credit card, yeah. and I've got my HSA card, which is for like my health crap. You'd figure they could, but, you know, yeah, four or five. That makes sense. But now like, you get into gift cards and, and right, like right. Uh, oh, rewards cards and things like that that you could also use it for, which would be really handy. Just anything that would help you from having to carry another card around. You know, if you're going to go through all that trouble, like, why not allow more than eight things? I don't know what the limitation is there because yeah, because adding storage to that device isn't exactly. How much easy. could it possibly Come on. be? Like, it's like, like if hey, you, how are they going to sell the 3.0 if you, they don't limit you your fit, storage? You fit like all the possible data for a credit card within like less than a kilobyte. I mean, you it's don't like, know how it's encoded. Doesn't matter. I mean, it should matter. Like, there's not. Doesn't there's matter. more yeah. than. And there's, guess what? There's eight megabytes of onboard storage on that microcontroller. That's great. And they, they didn't want to have to add another IC because they could fit thousands seen, of thousands of credit cards in there. Yeah. You just said one was one megabyte. No, no he said a K. All of them oh, are under like one less kilobyte. Less than a K, easy. Sorry. Yeah. Like oh, a yeah. K, you could probably fit a dozen in a K. I would imagine with the Stripe I, data and all that. All stuff. the yeah, all yeah. the data. Like, there's not that much data to to you know encode and. I just yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, so that's mine. Uh, I'll, I'll continue to play around with it and, and let you guys know what we do. Josh, what's yours, cheater? Josh, are Josh you or Jeremy? Oh, let's go, Jeremy. Well, I had Josh on here a second. I think it's because Jeremy wasn't here. Did last you? Week. Oh, it's because Jeremy wasn't here last week. I put you at he the was end. Not. Yeah. But okay, Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, I've only put a couple hours into it so far because, as Josh points out, time. <gasps> Uh, but someone pointed me towards Rebel Galaxy, which is 20 bucks on good old games, and seeing as how they're having the fall sale, I'm betting in the next couple of days it's going to be cheaper than that. It's an old-style uh, space first-person shooter that reminds me a hell of a lot of Freelancer, in that the, the writing is interesting, not wonderful. It's stuck on a 2D plane, which are sort of the two strikes against it. On the other hand, it's been a lot of fun. Uh you don't fly around a fancy little plane in space with wings that can get shoot, shot off. You're flying a ship. You have to think broadsides. All of the weapons in this are broadsides. you got to come up beside the person you're trying to kill hmm. to be able to shoot at them, which is something I haven't seen in a very long time and is kind of nice because that's kind of how spaceships are probably going to work. The other I mean, thing probably. is it has a kick-ass sound ca- uh, soundtrack. I honestly have sometimes just fired it up as like, I'm just going to screw around somewhere and die just so I can listen to a song or two and <laughs> screw around a bit. And hey, sometimes I win. It's been a lot of fun. And for 20 bucks, I, I recommend it. If you enjoyed Freelancer, Ooh, you're probably going to love this thing. And huh. even if you just kick up the the front movie for just a half a second, it'll show. Look at all those it, freaking lasers. Yeah. I, I, you go from, you start out and I'm a little tin can piece of crap. But eventually, if you get money, you can buy a Dreadnought. And it's got, like, t- eight or ten broadside cannons on it. Uh, another any, dozen turrets that you can add to it. It's, are there, are there it's any, been a lot of fun. Are there any Kilrothi in this? No. <laughs> Damn it. Can you but hear pings in space when they're trying to find you in a moon crater? It looks I nice. haven't found a moon yet. Does it look as good in, as you play it as it does in these screenshots? Uh, honestly, yeah. And really doesn't need anything in the way of performance. <laughs> uh, my 7950 is like max everything the hell out and just fine. 
Cool. All right. Now, Josh, do you want to go now? Me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I've, I've just been on such a racing kick lately, like the past eight months. <laughs> past forever. Well, no. Maybe. But anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that $200 T150 wheel? If you really want to get into racing, this is a good buy. Go ahead and grab it. Enjoy it. Enjoy that freedom of, of degrees of rotation. Feel that force feedback. Yeah, feel Know it. when your tires lose traction, when you're hitting bumps, all those good things. Really helps the cool. racing out a lot and uh, enjoy it much more enjoyable. And if you ever watch me on the live streams, your lips will start puckering up when you're driving. And you're That's true. Yeah, your concentration. Which set of lips, Josh? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> My wife is not watching me race, so. Uh, yes, Ken, you were going to say something? He took the easy way out. Oh, can't pick that I thing. I always take the easy way That's out. That's true. That's true. All right, and f- finally, f- finalish. Final, finalish, finalish. So if you're like Ryan and you're trying to reduce the number of cards you have, um, you could also get rid of all those little barcode stri- swipey whatever the heck they are. There's got to be barcodes. Uh, yeah, barcode. It has to be barcodes. can't be magnetic strip. Right. So this takes care of all the barcode stuff for you. So this is an app called Keyring. Yeah. yeah. And it's on Android and I- iOS. You just install the app, take a picture of the barcode, use the camera on the phone if you want. You can even take a picture of the front and the back of the card, like mm-hmm. an actual just not just the coded data, but just like what does the card look like. Right. And uh, if you made an account with them, it looks like it just kind of saves that data up you know, with them, like right. under your account. Um, so even if you, you know, blow away your phone, you have to like reinstall stuff. Like you can just re-log into that account and get all your, you know, all your rewards, cards, or whatever things that have like uh, barcodes on them. So if and, like maybe I got a keychain full of crap, which I did, a wallet full of crap. Yeah, uh, I had those little the little mini cards that you put on your keychain, yeah. which was kind of annoying because I had like you know half a dozen of them on there, and you know right. just like. Crap you don't need on your keychain, right? For every grocery store and every gas station and yeah. AutoZone and all the other crap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the app also has like some other stuff that they're trying to promote, like it's like they kind of embed like the flyers and the sales from different mm. places that you can add. And there's like a short list of stuff on there, like, you know, Home Depot and like you know, just random stuff. Right. Target, Walmart. Right. Uh Harbor Freight Tools. That was it, a good I one. do a th- I think I get a thing every once in a while when it, if I have a card registered for it, like my Kroger card and it and if it determines you're near it, it'll say, "Hey, here's this." Yeah, and, and it does and it that does too. The same yeah, thing. it does like location. Google Wallet did that. Yeah, uh, as well. Um, it's a neat little app. It's free. You yeah. re- you can register for it. So like, it, it is ad it convenient for me because it is um, when I went from Android to iPhone. If you guys remember that that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it just worked, right? I, when I as soon as I installed it and logged in, like all of my cards, yeah, were there, everything just came. Which down. is nice. Which you don't have to. Most people won't have to do that very often, but it's nice to right. not have to. Because it's like I didn't have my Qdoba rewards card anymore. No. I have no idea where it went. Yep. If I had lost that data, I would just have to start over, and it would have broke my heart hmm. a little bit. I don't actually eat there that much anymore. It is ad supported. The ads aren't that annoying, but they're not. They're not too. Bad. You know, but they do show up. So yeah. when you go to look at your barcodes, there'll the be like an ad at the bottom yeah. of the page. Yeah. And one hopes they're targeted. Uh, I don't no. think that one was when I saw it. Well, they've got a whole list would. of your cards. Right. They, you would true. think that they would be. Yeah. Well, they have a list, like, so when you scan the card, like, if, if there was some, like, say it was, like, a Home Depot card, then it would combine that barcode with, like, the flyer stuff hmm. from them, since it already has that in yeah. there, right? Yeah. Um, but the ones we were doing, like, the ones we have around here, there's not really 
Kroger and stuff doesn't right. have like a big flyer that's like with sure you know registered sure. with those guys. That's Keyring. It's on Android and iOS as well. Yep, uh, it's all a, right, that's, it's two words, and there's another app that's also called Keyring. So it's, sure it's one word. That's one word. Don't so buy, don't get yeah, that one. Don't get that one. It's don't like that one. some kind of bad stuff. Is that what's the what's the website for it? Uh, it is um, keyringapp.com. So you yeah. can go there and, and get the link directly, or you, that way you at least see what the icon looks like that you're supposed to be downloading. Yep. All right, everybody. That's going to wrap up tonight's show. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, for hanging out. Uh, both in the live chat room and if you're watching after the fact. If you want to find our RSS feeds, more about us, where you can watch the videos, go to pcpercom slash podcast. And you can get all the podcast information, the RSS links and stuff there. Um, and then just go to pcper.com and read through the reviews and news we put up every damn day. Because uh, that would be really helpful for us. Uh, and if you want to come hang out with us when we do the live recording of this show on Wednesday nights at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, just go to pcper.com slash live at that time. Uh, or you can subscribe at pcport.com slash subscribe and we'll let you know more about it. So uh, we'll have more crap happening. It seems like November and December are going to be pretty busy. Like, despite the fact that, you know, also there's Thanksgiving and, and my birthday and Christmas and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And UK basketball season, like all those things really ramp up here in November and December. But also work and, like, technology stuff. Mm. That's true. So there you go. Hey, CES is just around the corner. And CES. Yeah. Oh, yay. Yeah. I actually, we're actually late to buy into like booking stuff for CES, yeah. which is very depressing. You know, if I just wait long enough, we just don't go. Mm-hmm. If I just mm. if I just forget to book, you just forget to go one just year. Just don't go. Yeah. I forgot to go to Computex one year, and I never went back. And you never went again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a horrible decision. Uh, all right, so we'll see. Thanks everybody for hanging out. See you next week. I'm Ryan Schraub. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walreth. And I'm Alan Melvin Tomlin. I like that Josh did the head turn when he did it. Yeah. See you guys.